Welcome to Beach Houses and Babies, a private practice recap podcast. I'm Jackson. And I'm Sam. On today's episode, we'll be chatting all about private practice season 2, episodes 11 and 12. Episode 11, Contamination, was written by Fred Einisman and directed by Kate Woods. It aired on January 8, 2009 to 8.98 million viewers. Episode 12, Homeward Bound, was written by Sal Caleros and directed by Mark Tinker. It aired on January 15, 2009 to 8.49 million viewers. Enjoy! Hey Sam, who are our patients for episode 11? Well, we have Claudia Jenkins, who we met in our last episode, who has stage 2 adenocarcinoma. We have Michael Perkins, who has the measles. And then later, we're going to talk about Dell and Betsy with Heather, and we're also going to touch on Violet's love life. What's your first note, Sam? Violet, I don't want her to ignore the Meg thing. They just kind of went beyond that. They didn't. I mean, yes, she gave him, like, a mini-therapy session. I don't know. I I guess I don't forgive and forget as easily as Miss Violet. Now, does Pete have a history with previous members of the practice? Or is Cooper just exaggerating the Meg situation to try to protect Violet? Do you remember when, at the very beginning, when Addison and him were sort of, like, canoodling? Yeah, I thought they were going to get like, married, no, remember? Don't. <laughs> Yeah, I think that there was a person who was their old OB who Pete was with and they broke up and she was like, bye. Got it. Okay, cool. Good to know. I think it was it was just touched on. We didn't meet the person or anything. Cool. I figured, I mean, clearly we hadn't met anyone, but I was just not yeah. remembering whether or not that was real or if Cooper was just exaggerating to try to protect our girl. No, I have a lot more on Cooper though, later. Cool. I probably do. Yeah. I also was really into that Pilates scene with Addie and Nay. I really wanted to do some great Pilates and a reformer. Really made me want to do Pilates. It looked like such enjoyable exercise. Okay. You can you can go to the class. I'll I'll skip. <laughs> I'll go do my we'll Richard meet, Simmons. We'll meet up after. <laughs> we'll meet up after for some uh like a latte okay. or something. Sounds good. Do you yeah. have any other opening notes, Sam? I do. This is a tiny, tiny detail. So when Sam walks into Oceanside Wellness, he is holding a cup, and Betsy and Michael are playing with that ball, and it hits Sam, and he spills it on his shirt, right? Now, with all of the talk in the last few episodes, especially with Sam and Addison about how great their coffee is, you would think that that's coffee in that cup, right? Yeah. He's not going to go down there for the tea. We've never heard of him liking tea. He likes that Pacific Wellness coffee. But the liquid that spills on his shirt is clear. Mm. So it's hot water for tea. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Or just water. Why would you go downstairs to get water? It's just, I don't know, especially with how much emphasis they put on the liking their coffee if you're gonna make that such a thing of spilling something at least have it be brown or like coffee color yeah yeah all right let's move on to claudia fabulous audra 
do not get tricked by Dr. Lockhart's good looks. Although I still don't think getting involved with the case is selling out. You got to make money somehow. But don't get tricked by his looks. And she's helping. She is helping. Yeah, she's helping. It's not like she's helping an unworthy patient, you know, like, yeah, I felt really bad when Claudia said she was painting the nursery. Like, it's one thing to think good thoughts when you're going in and to even, I don't know, like, you can think of names, you can think of this, but to actually paint a room in your house to be the nursery, it broke Mm. my heart. There's, um, like, a Baba Misa in Jewish tradition where you don't buy anything, well, you don't bring anything for the baby into the house before it's born and healthy. That's sensible. Yes. So when I was born, my uncles came over like the day, like June 29th in the evening, right after I was born, um, came over to my parents' house then and built my crib, right? While my parents were at the hospital and moved all that stuff in. I think it was my uncles and maybe one of my grandparents. Um, And I, I totally get wanting to, you know wish it into existence and, um, you know, manifest it. But it broke my heart when she said she painted the nursery. I love that Audra is willing to set aside her ego and say, my procedure didn't work um, and get invested in the possibilities and pass along that case to the doctor who might, might be able to try something that could work. I loved that, um, that moment for her. And that's all I've got on Claudia. I I love Dr. Naomi Bennett. Me too. I love Dr. Bennett. Or as I call her, Dr. Audra McDonald. Yes. Um, she probably has an honorary doctorate from somewhere, I'm sure. I'm sure that you're not incorrect in saying that. I My last note about Claudia is when is Wyatt saying that Addie didn't finish the surgery just to spite him is the most un-Addison thing I've ever heard. Can you imagine any surgeon let alone Addison, not finishing a surgery and being like, "Mm, I want to make that other doctor mad. Yeah. No. No. Not about it. Not about it at all. Poor Claudia. I hope she, she didn't die, right? I don't think so. I don't think so either. She'll die on Grey's Anatomy years later. Absolutely. Um, We didn't go back to her after they talked in recovery, correct? She just kind of fades out. We have a big emphasis yeah. in this episode on our other patient, Michael. We do. Michael, do you, who we should move on to next? Sure. What's your first note? My first note is, whoa, what a 2020 to 2021 plot. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> I have a lot in this about, like, where is your mask? Stand far apart. Get out of here. <laughs> like, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My first note is that did the mother look familiar to you yes. in the least? Jillian Armanante, who plays Michael's mother, played Mindy, the wife of the man with the bomb in his chest, on season two of Grey's Anatomy. Yes, sirree. That is my first note. And all I can see is her screaming and Alex Karev screaming back in her face to make her stop screaming. She screams a lot on her two on her three episodes in the Grey's Anatomy universe. She does, yeah. She she really does. My next note is, yeah, that's not a cold. Yeah, no. My next note is, ugh, what a mess with the mom and Pacific Well Care. So 2020, people just, you know, all over the place making a mess and making everything worse. Also, I know. an anti-vaxxer, oi. 
I know. I know. I remembered this case because this mom, I know so well, her face from Grace. Right. Um, it was making me so anxious that all of the people weren't standing six feet apart. And like, I've gotten to the point of not all the time, occasionally, like, especially if I know that something is filmed recently, but in like April, 2020 through June, I'd say I was very uncomfortable when people would like hug on camera or like kiss or even just like eat together. I got, I was very like, where are your masks? What are you doing? You're indoors. Is the HVAC system okay? Like, and I have gotten much better about that, right? Yeah, me too. But this specifically, I think because I knew what was coming, I was like six feet apart. This is not CDC regulations. No. <laughs> Will that ever leave our brains? Absolutely not. This was the healthcare crisis of a lifetime, Sam. I know. Speaking of CDC guidelines... Why does Oceanside Wellness not follow CDC guidelines and other medical laws? They're too busy breaking HIPAA. What a mess. <laughs> what a mess. But also, you know what this mess gives us a nice dramatic entrance for? Dr. Sonia Nichols. Beautiful. What a dramatic entrance. Oh, no, he can't. Loved. She's loved gorgeous. That of her. She's, She's gorgeous. gorgeous. This mother, Jillian Armanante's character, would not wear a mask right now. No, I. you know what? I feel like she would, but she would get a mesh mask. Or she'd keep it under her nose. Under her nose. She'd want to sh- yes. look like she's participating, but not actually do it. Yeah, yeah. I saw somebody at the grocery store with a gator, and I mean, that's not what I would choose to wear, but fine. But it was a mesh gator, and not an athletic mesh gator, but... Like those shirts that some girls like wear to the club where it looks opaque when it's together, but then when it stretches out, it has holes all over it. That's what his gator did. Oh, and I was like, who are you? What are, I don't, um, it uh, It was cold. So like, don't you want that covering on your face so that you're warmer? And that was like the plus side of winter. Hey. I don't know. Back to Dr. Sonia. As much as I love her and her beautiful entrance and her dramatic entrance and everything about her. I feel like someone coming in from the CDC to an active site like this would have some sort of PPE to be, you know, safe and also maybe have more than one person. I feel like when we have CDC stuff on other shows, like when they have all those people dying in whatever season that it is of Grey's Anatomy and it turns out that there's an issue with the gloves and that's all I'm going to say because I don't want to extra spoil anything. Um, there's like a whole team for CDC on that. And I feel like any time you see the CDC come in for things, it's a group of people. And if it's a follow-up, sure, have one case manager. And I understand why they only have her coming in. Like, I get that. And I get why she doesn't have PPE. Because they got to leave it oh, sexy abs- for, for Tay Diggs. 100%. Yes. Yes, sir. How did you feel when uh, Dr. Cooper Friedman just jabbed that kid in the arm in the middle of the... <laughs> waiting you know i kind of loved it i was excited about him i was i'm you know i'm very much in the vaccine mood right now so i was (laughs) yes cooper and i love charlotte joining his team to protect the little brother will as cooper takes a stand yeah yeah i mean this is hard because from like a child care perspective and like coming at it from like an educator's view like as a teacher, a babysitter, doctor, I mean, doctor's a little bit different, obviously, but, like, y- you can't just, like, do that to somebody else's child without their consent. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, she has 
made decisions that is killing her other son. Right. I understand that legally, like, on many levels, he probably shouldn't have done it. But I felt like there was enough justification and also just exciting television. Absolutely. But... And I, I just said he's making so many bad decisions today, and not that this was a bad decision, but just he's being very rash around everything happening with Violet. And I was going to say, like, sure, do it. Like, save this kid's life. Absolutely. But at least take him to the next room or something. Like, don't do it right there. And where did he get that vaccine? I don't know. I thought about just that Just in his pocket? He was probably ready to go. He had a plan. He He probably took it from the lobby when they were vaccinating everybody who was there. Smart. The mom says... I thought it was a cold, like, and she keeps saying that, you know, when our parents were growing up, so, like, our grandparents or great-grandparents, everybody got it, blah, 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 and we're like, yeah, but they don't anymore for a reason. Like, we don't have a vaccine for the cold because you don't die from a cold. Like, the measles isn't like a cold, just like COVID isn't like the flu. Vaccinations exist for a reason, and there are means for survival. Like, I also feel like we're in the middle of everything and i i've always like this is one of the stories in private practice that stands out to me out of however many hundreds there are but like i did look at it very differently in this watch because we are in march of 2021 right about to have the year of being indoors and like you and i specifically have had our entire livelihoods and lives turned upside down and you know completely decimated we've had We've had our way of life, like, kaboom, like, everything you knew and lived on for the past five to ten years, and we were planning to, is just gone. So to see, to see this person doing this, even though she thinks it's right, was really hard to watch this time. And I know that, like, anti-vax and especially anti-this vaccine that we're talking about, right, not measles, but anti-COVID vaccine comes from a lot of, like, education and a lot of um, historical significance of it, right? Of, like, the ways that different communities have been forced or, you know, not given certain vaccines for different reasons. Um, I don't know. It just, the story was really hard to watch this time, especially because it ends like it does. Right. Speaking of the ending of this this storyline, I love Charlotte comforting Cooper after Michael's death. She's really putting in the work to make it up to Cooper, you know, for her mistake withholding important information from him regarding her practice. She's she's trying hard and she's making really thoughtful, generous choices right now. And that was a nice moment to end with. It was it was a good day for Sharper here. Mm -hmm. All right. Shall we move on to Dell and Betsy and Heather? Yeah, I want to hear from you because I, you know, know all about Betsy and Heather and obviously more about Dell and you. So I just want to hear your thoughts. Sure. Heather, not what I expected either, Naomi. Not at all. I expected her to look much more ragged. I don't know if that's the best word, but troubled. I expected her to look troubled. As you would expect a character that has been described as such to look on television. Wodell, the revelation that he turned Heather onto drugs was something I didn't see coming. Um, I wasn't aware, or obviously no one was at that point, you know, the first time they saw this episode, aware of his 
past relationship with drugs. Um, so it was cool to see how he has turned his life around. And it was great to see him apologize to Heather for for causing her life to change in that way. Um, and then making an effort to work on that relationship, firmly expressing his need to be more present in Betsy's life and why why he feels he needs to do that. I thought that was a mm-hmm. big step for him after just being very antagonistic toward Heather for the past couple of episodes. Okay. Okay. I like that. I was really confused on their childcare agreement. And then, like, ten minutes later, I put a little dash and I was like, oh, well, JK, I guess they're trying to change that. <laughs> um, But I don't know. I It's not clear to us at this point, like, how involved Dell was in Betsy's life before we met her a few episodes ago, right? right? So it seems like he really wasn't. Is the impression I get as a first-time viewer? Yes, um, but enough that like you know he she runs to him and says, "Daddy," right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like especially being in the healthcare field and wanting to be a mid- midwife, and especially with babies and stuff. Um, I feel like Dell would have been aware of her vaccination schedule and if not i don't know but i'm probably just giving out like just i'm thinking too much into it because it makes for a good storyline i can't wait for her to get all of her vaccines and be all healthy yes you ready to move on to my girl violet and her love life i don't see why not violet cooper is right just sex will absolutely lead you specifically to a messy situation. We know this. So be careful, Violet. Be careful. Cooper doesn't believe that Violet and Pete could possibly be together. And now that he finally believes it, he's super Papa Bear against it. Like you're here. You're her friend. You're not her dad. Right? Sure. He has invested himself very fully in the Charlotte situation. But that doesn't mean his feelings for Violet have completely gone away. That can still be present. Okay. And I think that's what's okay. leading him to feel so strongly. Okay. Okay. I also noticed that Cooper, and I knew this, but I noted that Cooper is not great under personal pressure. No. Right? He's he's fine under um, professional pressure. <laughs> but when he told them all about Violet and Pete's relationship in that board meeting, I was like, Come on, yeah. dude. Not cool. Yeah, and Violet's right. Cooper isn't acting like he wants her to be happy, right? And it's not a good look on him as her friend. Nope. The way that Pete is talking early on in this episode leads me to believe that he's just terrified of getting serious rather than actually just feeling like something casual would be good for him. That's the vibe I get from him. He's t- Well, obviously, like we've seen the way his past serious relationships have gone. You know, his bitter relationship with his deceased wife, his relationship with Meg. I think he's scared of getting into something more serious, even though he may be feeling inclined to to move that way with her. So I got more of feelings of being terrified than anything else in that moment. Also, Sheldon. Okay. Wearing a backpack. You are too old for that. Too old for that. Okay. Um, I like to tell our dear listeners when I write things down in our Not for Jackson's Eyes doc. And I just want to let them know that I wrote a quote from the scene in the bathroom. And don't you dare 
go and look back at what at the bathroom scene to try and figure out what it is. Okay, I won't. <laughs> but um, I wrote down a quote from that bathroom scene between uh, Violet and Coop in my Not for Jackson's Eyes page of our doc. Um, and I think PP fans who have watched before and long-term, long-time PP fans will know what it is. Okay. Yeah. I also love that elevator ride with the three of them at the end. Oh, yeah, that's good. Sheldon, you do not want to go out with Violet as friends. I know you're trying to protect yourself, but you know it's going to be something more. You know. Also, like, Violet saying you don't want more with Pete, it's because you have these feelings for Sheldon, right? And you're not able to fully commit to either right now. I get it. I get it, Queen. I know where you're coming from. I know where you're coming from, Sheldon. I'm excited to see how things play out. Okay. I I love your relationship with her because I know that it's absolutely one-sided and you will never meet her because she is not a real person. She's a fictional character. But if you were living in the same world, you would absolutely be friends. Oh, 100%. (laughs) Like, I, I am not sure that I would be friends with Charlotte. I probably wouldn't. But I would look at her in awe and be like, Right? right. I, I I don't yeah, I'd probably be friends with Cooper, honestly. Do you have anything else for Violet? I don't, but I have a lot in miscellaneous. Okay, go for it. Wyatt his his name is Wyatt, right? Correct. It seems so wrong to me. I feel like his name should be Monty. He looks like a Monty, not a Wyatt. He does. I don't know. He said the same thing that Archer said just a couple episodes ago about, you know, Gilmore dad being too blue collar for her. And the two of them, Archer and Wyatt, just go watch sports in a basement somewhere and leave her alone to live her life. Like, no more. No more. Leave leave Addison alone. <laughs> anyway. um, When Dr. Sonia is like, I couldn't look at you because you're so handsome to Sam. Those weren't her words. And that's not what she sounds like. But Sam Taydig's acting beat, when he says, I'm so sorry I misjudged you, it made me laugh so hard. Like, what great work that was. That little just like, yeah. Like, you just know he's rethinking every second with her in his head and going over it and being like, I also love a little bit later that joy that they both have when you see them dancing together at the end. It was so joyful. Um, I just want to drop Kevin Gilmore, dad. Like, no more. Bye. Like, I've had enough of him. He's been around for long enough. Go back to Rory Gilmore. She needs you. You're a father in Connecticut. Please. Sam, this yeah. was an excellent episode of television. It might be my favorite episode of Private Practice that we've watched so far. It's just so engaging from start to finish on both the personal levels, on the business level, on the medical level. It just had all cylinders firing. I loved every second of it. Great episode. Okay. Okay. And that's all I've got for episode 11. For the notes, you like when people die, you like diseases, and you like violence. Correct. Things we knew. Yeah. Things we knew. All right, shall we move on to episode 12? Yes, so we have quite a few patients this episode, but also not many. 
So we have Darren, Gracie, and Julian Rosakis, who all have cystic fibrosis, and Gracie also has Burkholderia cepacea, which is not great at all. That's an understatement of the century. Um, Cynthia has a transient ischemic attack, and Big Daddy King has lung cancer and respiratory failure. And after we do our patients, Jackson's going to talk a little bit about his soulmate, Violet, and then we have some more miscellaneous notes for you. Sounds good. Let's hit it. What's your first note? OMG Sheldon. When he arrives, feeling frisky, I totally thought Pete was going to be in the bedroom, you know, when she came to the door. I did, too. And then too. he wasn't. What a missed yeah. opportunity. That would have been... I know. I mean, that's a little, like, slapstick old school, but I would have enjoyed it. Well, she was, like, in her robe, wet hair. True. True. That's... I totally thought that was going to be it, but was not. I, I did as well. What's your first note? All caps. I thought they were just friends. Sheldon? Yeah. When they say that, they never mean that, Sam. Ever. No, no, no. See, here's the thing. I know that in my soul. But verbally, they said, we are just going to be friends. And the next thing you know, bang, bang, bong, sing, sing, song. Yep. Oh! Oh! <laughs> I also don't understand why people in TV shows just wear robes to answer the door. Like, I may lounge around in a robe, right? But I'm not going to answer the door in a robe. Let me guess. You do. I do if a package is coming and I happen to be in a robe. Or like a dinner delivery. If I have a guest coming over, I'll put on clothes. But if, you know, a delivery person comes to the door, I will answer in a robe. Probably nine out of ten times a delivery person comes to my door, I will answer in a robe. Okay. Cool. You know who looks gorgeous <laughs> in their first scene in this episode? Audra McDonald in that green dress. Stunning. Always. But especially in this episode. Every time she is on screen, I am tempted to write a note about it. But at the same time, I, as much as I would love for this to become an Audra love podcast, I don't want it to overpower things. Every time she's on screen, she just is a revelation. Stage or screen. Correct. That green dress. Ugh. Do you have any other opening Beautiful. notes, Sam? I do. Um, as annoyed as I was with Cooper and his behavior in the last episode, I love this little cat in a hot tin roof reference because it's a continuation of his loving literature from a few episodes ago when he gave that diabetic boy on the run some more books to read. Mm -hmm. And I love that he is, um, and the writers for him are sneaking some more literature easter eggs into his dialogue and he is not wrong with that nickname that is oh absolutely not the weirdest nickname for a father i've ever heard in my life what a choice uh shall we move into our really sad family oh my god my first note was just the whole family has cf oh my god that's I rough know. yeah real bad um Darren, the dad, was also on a show that I loved growing up, but no one else seems to remember it. But it was called American Dreams, and it was on NBC, and it was, like, set in the 60s and sort of about American Bandstand and also just about everything else that was happening in the 60s, like civil rights and the Vietnam War and all of that stuff. Um, but it's not streaming anywhere. Like, when I saw him, I said he looked so familiar, so I looked him up, and he was a young son on that. Um... And it's not streaming, and I want it streaming. It's NBC. Why isn't it on Peacock? Does anyone remember this show? Maybe it's available on DVD. I... 
I don't even know if I have a DVD player. Sam. I know. You know what? I do. I do. It's right behind me. I don't know what I'm thinking. I just haven't used it. Okay. So, dear listeners, if if you remember American Dreams, please let a lady know because I feel like I'm hallucinating it. Had Brittany Snow and the guy who now plays, um, I call him JJ because that was his name on American Dreams, but he's on Blue Bloods now. Brittany Snow, American Dreams, let me know. Thank you. Bye. It's, it's soundtrack was also great. It would bring on like modern day pop stars to sing the songs from the 60s. Oh, it was great. Speaking of this father, oh, what a tough situation not being able to see your daughter because of the bacteria. Oh, so I, sad. I want them to have a bubble for her so the dad can still be with her like they do on Grey's every yeah. once in a while with like that bubble boy. The, de- the the parents and the you know you know about I do. the boy I'm talking yeah. about and then in earlier seasons there was one with like a mom with a something with her heart and they had a bubble for her I just want them to be able to be together yeah um if it's their last hope absolutely go with Wyatt's treatment even though it's very unlikely to work absolutely it's still ugh, I just said it makes me so nervous when he just starts experimenting like this. I know it could potentially lead to something groundbreaking, but at the same time, just, you know, the unknown like that makes me so anxious. I'm like, woo, stop same, it, but Wyatt. Stop I, I, it. It was like the last thing, right? She couldn't do it's anything very else. true. And, you know, yeah. in his experimenting this time, he does seem more sincere in his hope of getting it to work, right? In the past, he yeah. seemed a little bit slimier. This episode as a whole humanizes him just a little bit more. Still don't love him. Okay. But... Uh, but we do see more sincerity, not only in his interactions with Addison, uh, but in his desire to experiment and help this family. So I'll give him give him a tiny little plus there. Okay. Okay. Um, I gasped when Wyatt and Addison are in that lab and she breathes on the things. She was like, <sighs> I was like, oh my. Why don't they have masks on? I don't know. And why does she breathe directly onto the specimen? I don't know. I don't know either, but it made me very nervous. It made me very nervous. The whole story is just so heartbreaking, and the scene is heartbreaking, and I want to know what happens to the baby, and it's just, it's all horror. It's all horrible. Yeah, it's very sad. Yeah. Do you have anything else for our family? Okay, let's move on to Cynthia. I wouldn't want to move to Florida either, Cynthia. <laughs> That's my first note. I'm sorry for our Florida friends. I said I would also rather live in L.A. than Florida. Wow, why can't he understand that? Yeah, and, you know, as soon as her son was trying to convince her to move to Florida, you know, to be closer to him so she could stay safe if another stroke were to happen, I immediately thought, oh, she has a new boyfriend. And then Annette showed up and I go, oh, she has a girlfriend. Wink, wink. Wink, wink. Um, I was struck again and forced to ask a question. Why do loved ones always yell questions at the doctors in the middle of a medical event? Like, I would probably do the same thing, but still, like, they're in the middle of something, and they're like, what's happening? Is she going to be okay? I don't know if she's going to be okay. I'm in the middle of trying to save yeah. her. If you let me, they're she'll panicking. probably be okay. They probably shouldn't. Yeah. I mean, they should kick them out of the room in these moments, right? Yeah, but I don't think they I don't think they even had time. Right. It was a fast, fast situation there. Yeah. But I'm I think that's the natural way for a loved one to respond if they are in the room at that moment, right? 
It's absolutely. Yeah, no I would answers. do the same thing. There's obviously no answers, no. but that's you know they're not thinking rationally in that moment. Yeah, yeah. Does Annette look familiar to you? She does. Do you know why? Is she on Grey's Anatomy? She's the lady from Grey's whose heart catches on fire in the early seasons. It's Burke and George, uh-huh. and her heart catches on fire, and then her husband like laughs and runs away. She's like, ha! Right, right. Yes, yes. I. It's all coming back to me now. Yep. Yep. Thank you, Celine. Um, I just when she comes out to her son. The faces that Sam is making is really not a good look. His head is in his hands and he's shaking and he's like, oh, no. Yeah. Like, at least he sort of tries to make up for it later, but by talking to the son, but it's still real rough. Yeah. And he was blindsided as well, sure, but also, you're a doctor, you should have that poker face down for situations, especially like this. Speaking of reveals... Of course, the early aughts camera cuts away as soon as Cynthia and Annette lock lips. So 2009. (laughs) So 2009. (laughs) Also, speaking of Cynthia, I loved her scene with Violet where she reveals the Annette situation, talking about what you did back then. I thought the acting in that scene was just really beautiful and raw and... And sincere. I liked it a lot. Good work. I agree. Good work. Yeah. Um, when the son said to his mom at the end, I guess it's your turn to be happy. It was so nice. Twas. Shall we move on to Big Daddy and Charlotte? I think so. All right. What's your first now? Finally, Cooper, showing up for Charlotte in her childhood home is exactly what you should be doing right now to save your relationship. Exactly right. Thank you for finally seeing that one mistake does not make a person unforgivable and for showing up for her when she needs you like she has been doing for you these past couple of episodes when you've been shutting her out. Bravo. I would call it more than one mistake. And we know how much I love Charlotte. but Series of mistakes. I, I do see what you're saying. Yes, okay, that's A series fine. of related um, mistakes. Sh- yes. Charlotte's brothers scare me. We only see them for that quarter of a second, but they're very scary. That doesn't surprise me. No, I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't want to be like in a basement alone with them. No. <laughs> no. Um, but Duke, Landry, and Charlotte, like what great names for three Southern Gen X kids. I know. Yeah. Perfect. And when towards the end when she says in the middle of my southern gothic tragedy. We love that alliteration and tying it into Cooper's comparing it to Cat in a Hot Tin Roof. In that same moment, I love Cooper taking over the turning off of the machines to force Charlotte to be his daughter and say goodbye in that moment instead of being the doctor and shoving aside the emotions of the moment. Love that. Again, plus one Cooper. Good job today. Yeah. Yeah. When she said, these are my chickens, I just wanted to hug mm. her and say, Charlotte, this is not your fault. Yeah. Ugh. Um, but I, I, I'm glad that it was Cooper pushing the button and not, or flipping whatever, and not Charlotte, but I still wanted it to be someone else. I can very much see Charlotte going like, 
no one else would do this. This is my problem. I will do this. No one else will be responsible for this. I can see her saying that. Maybe her brothers don't want to stand up to her either. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. Poor Charlotte crying on the plane. I love that release for her, finally letting herself feel. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also Mm -hmm. love the moment of connection that she has with Cooper as a result and uh, sharing that vulnerability with him. And I'm excited to see how they recover the relationship and how they recover is not the right word how they rebuild their relationship right because it can't be the same as before because they've gone through that fracture it's going to rebuild itself in a different way and it's going to continue evolving as all relationships do when something major happens and then having Mm -hmm. this intense emotional experience really bring them back together i think is going to do wonders for their communication and I'm excited to see it. Let's mm-hmm. go. Okay. Okay. I was really glad that they showed the flight attendant for a second because that's what I was thinking. Like this lady's having some sort of medical event or something and on the plane and then midair. And <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, they should show the flight attendant. Yeah. Make sure everything's okay. But that was just, you know, me saying that. Time for Violet? Sure. Yes. Feel free. You go. Great. Go off. So Violet going from no prospects to two guys at the same time. Messy. This is not going to end well, Queen. <laughs> we know it. And Sam, I know I usually hate it when people show up unannounced. But I kind of love yeah. it when Pete showed up and just started making out with Violet. I understand that Violet's going to get hurt from this situation. But I also understand why it's so hard for her to choose between them. Because they are such different people. So, of course, she's going to find different things she's drawn to in each of them which is just gonna in turn make everything messier and messier but i get i get why she's struggling with that and finally my last note for violet okay sheldon um in regards to him deciding that getting to know violet is worth it despite the pain that her decision to sleep with both him and pete may have caused him i'm excited I was like, whoa, okay, Sheldon, didn't expect that. Didn't expect that. And that's all I've got. Okay, I guess I have one thing I can tie into that. I'm obsessed with Addie and Naomi telling Violet about their love problems while she's getting a pelvic exam. (laughs) Like, not the time, ladies, but it makes for really good comedy. It does. What are your wrap-up notes, Sam? When Addie says to go more, Dad, what happened to us? That's just such... An easy answer. Archer happened to you too. That is what happened. Archer happened to you. Um, I really, I love every time we get to see Maya. And when she says to Naomi, you need to get a life. Burn. But also, yay. I thought it was. <laughs> it was really cute how she said it. I thought it was so weird that Maya was talking with Audra about Sam's new girlfriend. That didn't well, seem realistic to me. That that I don't think that would Audra- happen. I think, I definitely think that, you know, a mom, a a newly single mom and a teenage preteen daughter would be like, so I heard you met someone last night. What are they like? I can absolutely see that happening. Or at least being like, so did you have an okay time? Like part protective, part curious. I can see it. I can see it happening. I thought it was weird that Sam had, uh... Sonia and Maya spend time together this soon. I thought yeah, that was I did too. Too much too soon. Very strange. Yeah, we don't quite know how much time has passed, but I don't think it's no, a lot. It's not. Yeah. 
I cannot believe that Addison is willingly at a fancy restaurant with Wyatt. And I think she thought it was a date or maybe she didn't. I don't know. I'm very confused about the whole thing and I'm not happy about it. Okay. Um, and then when she kissed him at the end, I was real mad. When Sam says to Niobe, I never want her to not know who I am. I love that parenting point of view. That's so nice. It it puts a little bit more perspective into why they're meeting so soon, but um, I like the way he said that. Yeah. I have a little uh, scoop on Wyatt. You know how we've talked about how we love Shamar Moore in this house. Mm-hmm. We love Shamar Moore. Wyatt is on a show with Shamar Moore now that I watch occasionally. My dad really likes it. Um, I looked him up on IMDb because I honestly didn't remember him being around for more than like an episode. And I was like, when is he gone? I don't want any more Wyatt. Um, He's on SWAT now with Shamar Moore. um, And his name is Jay Harrington. And he has a really awesome beard now, and he's aging very well. I suggest looking up Jay Harrington. Um, our Instagram now follows his Instagram. Yeah, he's aging very well. Okay. Gracefully, as they say. Fabulous. Hey, Sam, what's your style today? Addison's bronze satin trench coat in episode 12 was really, like, gave me very 2009 vibes. Um, it was like silky and I don't know. I, it was just very strange. Um, but I almost gave it to that statement necklace that Violet's wearing in episode 12, but I had to give her a break, but it was like huge beads and it was very long and it just looked like it could also be used as a weapon. Maybe. (laughs) I like it. Yeah. Who's your guest star spotlight? Our guest star spotlight today is Jillian Arminante, who played Arlene Perkins, Michael's mother in episode 11. She is a multi-hyphenate in the arts, an actress, a writer, a director, and a producer working across all mediums. She's perhaps best known for playing Donna, who's a series regular, on Judging Amy, alongside Amy Brenneman, who plays Violet on Private Practice. Isn't that cool? That's awesome. Um, I love that. Some of her many film credits include, notably, Girl Interrupted. North Country, A Mighty Heart, Hail Caesar, and Vice. She's guest starred on dozens of television shows, including ER, The West Wing, Desperate Housewives, New Girl, The Fosters, like we talked about earlier, Grey's Anatomy, and Scandal. And she also recently played the recurring role of Nancy for 17 episodes of Fresh Off the Boat. She's married to fellow actress Alice Dodd, with whom she has two daughters, And together, they've co-written, co-directed, and co-produced multiple shows at the Circle X Theater Company in Los Angeles. Oh, that's super cool. As an actress and director in the theater, she's also worked at Seattle's Empty Space Theater, Annex Theater, Seattle Repertory Theater, and Alice B. Theater, where she was the associate artistic director. Um, She's also worked regionally in theater across the country in New York's Atlantic Theater, Los Angeles's Mark Taper Forum, and many more. I was just really impressed by how she's worked at such a high level across so many mediums and in so many capacities. She's great. I was very excited to learn more about Jillian today. Dear listeners, my jaw is dropped. It's very uncommon to have such a widespread career 
not only across mediums, but geographically. Geographically, right? It's awesome. Uh, along those lines, I'm really curious to know what's in Jackson's jukebox tonight. All right. Our three three songs playing tonight. Here we go. Number one. Only three songs? I paid for five! You paid for three. Number one. <laughs> Violet's love life will get messier before it sorts itself out. I accidentally got spoiled, listeners. I know we don't talk about spoilers ahead, um, but the Netflix description for the next episode popped up and spoiled it for me so i know it's about to get messy i can't tell you how but it will so we know that that's already proven (laughs) you texted me and i was mad i was really mad at netflix i was really mad at netflix me too number two sam and dr nichols are going to date for a few episodes but i don't think it's gonna last all that long maybe another another quarter of the season it might last obviously it's not gonna last forever since he and naomi get remarried as I revealed, I knew in our, our initial episode, thanks to Grey's Anatomy. Number three, like I was talking about a moment ago, I think after Cooper and Charlotte went through the experience of losing Charlotte's father together, they're going to more easily get back on track to become romantic partners again. And that's my jukebox. Hey, Sam, who's your MVP? My MVP is Naomi because she let Sam take the lead on the CDC thing without butting in or fighting for clout. She offered Addison that case with Claudia, but gave her space and she's doing well with Sam's new relationship and she's an awesome mother to Maya and she doesn't, she don't really have any direct cases in these episodes besides Claudia really, but her growth from last season and the beginning of this season and just some of the previous ones that we've seen is just awesome, and we love you, Naomi. We love you, Audra McDonald. It's a good one. Who's your MVP? My MVP is Cooper, mainly for showing up for Charlotte in episode 12, but also in episode 11 for advocating for his patient's well-being, you know, fighting to vaccinate those children um, despite the mother's dangerous anti-vaccination position. Okay. What's your rating? Okay, so when the sandcastle, this gigantic, ornate, detailed sandcastle you've been building all day gets attacked by seagulls and then washed away in a storm, right? None of these cases had good outcomes, and all of our friends are in weird or bad places besides maybe Sam, but he's still navigating things. Okay. What's your rating? My rating is very different from yours because it went for... I went for the joy the episode brought me rather than the experience of of the characters. So I went for a warm but not too hot sunrise on a nearly empty beach in the late spring. Episode 11. Excellent, excellent TV. Episode 12 was great too. But episode 11 was just so great. I couldn't help but celebrate with my absolutely favorite type of beach. One with nobody there when it's not hot. (laughs) That's also my favorite kind of beach. It's the best kind. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Beach Houses and Babies, a private practice recap podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at bhabpodcast, and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Anchor to be the first to hear future episodes. You can find me on Instagram at allthatjacks, with periods. And you can follow me at Samantha G. Harris on social media. 
Theme music for this episode was composed by Samantha G. Harris. If you'd like to support Beach Houses and Babies, please consider leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. They really help. And consider sharing with a friend. But you can also become a patron at patreon.com slash bhabpodcast. On our next episode, we'll be discussing Private Practice Season 2, Episodes 13 and 14. They're available to stream on Netflix and Hulu and can be purchased on iTunes, Amazon, DVD, and more. If you have thoughts you'd like to share with us on these episodes, please DM us on Instagram at bhabpodcast or email us at bhabpodcast at gmail.com to be featured on our listener mail segment. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in two weeks. TGIT! Bye!